Dora, 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 Pandora. Dora the Explorer. Okay. Oh, sorry. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. I am your host, Common Writer Travis, and with me is my co-host, Super Sentai Michael. Dino Buckler! Super Sentai! Right, that's all I got. <laughs> that's that's all I got. Oh man, because that's that's how I, that's that's what I remember from uh, that's what I remember from Shoe Ranger when it's like Dino Buckler and Shoe Ranger. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh, how are you doing today, Michael? Uh, you know, mm, I had a good morning. Yeah, I had a good morning. Got back from services this morning. Uh, came home, made a nice early dinner. Uh, it was really delicious. Actually, it was probably one of the better. Is one of the better. Was one of the better beef meals that I made. So uh, you sent morning. me. You sent me the a picture of the meal that you made, and uh, yeah. Um, was it delicious or did it think you were delicious? Mm, that's a good question. I think I thought it was I thought it was delicious. Um if it had been alive, it probably would have thought I was delicious. <laughs> you want to share uh share on uh on the podcast what you fixed? Oh, I just made uh I just made beef tongue with um uh and I made a pesto with uh, I say what I say. Avo- avocado oil, garlic, um Avocado oil, garlic, cilantro, lime, and the beef drippings from the pan that I fried my uh, that I fried my my meat in. So uh, it was pretty good, and some creamy mashed potatoes. Uh, baked them in the oven for just a few minutes to get them good and crispy on top, and it was just really delicious. Um, I think I even posted yeah. on our Twitter. I said, mm-hmm. "Hey, so uh, outside of kaiju and the genre stuff, what do you guys like to do? I like to cook, so yeah, I think yeah. it's good to have hobbies. Out, I think it's good to have multiple hobbies." Yeah, uh, I love to cook too. So that it was really great. I've I've only had beef tongue in uh, tacos de lengua, uh, mm-hmm. so I haven't had, and it was cut up really small into small bits. So I haven't had any mm-hmm. beef tongue cut and and cooked the way you did it. My family being. Uh, very white <laughs> for lack of a better way of describing it uh, are very <laughs> afraid of trying beef tongue so I can never make it myself because it would be too much for just me by myself so it's one of those things I have to try just whenever I find it and so but uh, I'm not against I'm not against eating uh, stuff that I mean I like it, it's weird because my family's also Cajun so like the the stereotype of Cajuns are that we eat anything that doesn't eat us first. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why they right. shy away from some things, but it's yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it it sounded delicious what you made. So I, I really want to try some. There is a um, there is a, a a market down the street from my apartment that sells uh, grass fed grass fed meat and things. Mm. Um, and every now and then, every now and every now and then, when I have the extra money, I will stop there and I'll, on like a Sunday or a Saturday and I will stop there and I will shop a little bit and try to find some interesting cuts of meat. Uh, typically if I'm going to buy beef, I'm going to buy like tenderloin ribeye or a strip steak. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but today I was just, I was like, man, I haven't had beef tongue in a while. So I was just, I'm going to try to cook that. I'm, and I cooked it just like a normal steak, just fried it in the pan or I seared it in the pan, baked it in the oven. Uh, cause I didn't want to smoke up my apartment and, uh, tried to get it about medium, 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 between medium to medium rare. I think I got it about medium. Uh, it was really good though. Yeah, um, it did. It did sound that that just pesto had a really, sounded really good. The pesto was the best part, I think. Like the the meat itself was a little bit bland. I think I don't know mm. why. It just was kind of like it wasn't as because it's not as fatty. It doesn't right. have a whole lot of fat. It doesn't have it doesn't have a lot of fat on it, so it's kind of bland. And you got to work a little bit harder to get it good and seasoned up. So I don't think I'll buy it. I don't think I'll buy it again for a while. Uh, but it was it was good to try. And I think the whole reason that's what I was afraid of when I cooked it. Uh, when, since it didn't have a lot of fat on it, because I do like fattier cuts of meat. Cause I just think, it, you know, more fat, more flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I, that's why I'm, that's why I made the pesto and poured it on top of it because, uh, I figured uh, it would, it could probably use a little bit more flavor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I have a couple of, uh, pork tenderloins that I want to grill up and I have a recipe for peach barbecue sauce that i would love mm-hmm. to make Ooh, and that does eat sound, with that that sounds delicious mm-hmm. that yeah. does sound delicious mm. look i am a southern i'm a southern fat man i know how to cook <laughs> now you're making me hungry again <laughs> well uh let's continue our food talk sort of by jumping into the news and we'll find out what that means when after we play <laughs> the beady beady <laughs> all right let's cue the beady beady yeah so uh we had uh i just wanted to talk about this because it's so funny and so interesting um that taco bell commercial that's making the rounds <laughs> I didn't know it existed until just a few minutes ago, and you and you made me watch it. It's like, oh my god, that is hilarious! Yeah, that so is hilarious, and I and I love it. They're calling it Fry Force, and it is an anime style, uh, animated commercial that's advertising the new the 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 return of the fries, their seasoned fries at Taco Bell, and it is giant robots, giant mechs versus giant monsters. And it is it is just the most ridiculous over the top thing, and I'm like, I kind of like just kudos kudos to Taco Bell, kudos to Taco Bell because like, kudos. thank you Taco Bell because we know you're listening. Thank you Taco Bell uh, what, for doing that commercial. Who in their right mind would have thought of that for for a fast food chain commercial? Like that's ridiculous, and I love it. There's some anime fans on that on on the marketing board at. Uh, taco bell for sure oh i'm sure i'm sure and i wonder if it has anything to do if they were trying to kind of tie into the tokyo olympics that started this week mm, possibly possibly i did for i did actually i did forget there was the, the olympics started this week yeah yeah uh, maybe makes it would make sense so uh yeah uh give us an entire series of fry force and we will review it on the podcast because it will have giant monsters and giant mechs <laughs> fighting for the quest for fries oh man this Those is our are... world and our mexican spices <laughs> and we won't let you take it oh man the monsters look good 
The monster, yeah, the monster, like, yeah, I mean, surprise, like for a for a for a thirty second, or I think it's a one minute spot uh, talking about fries from a fast food chain. Yeah, they put a lot of they put a lot of effort into that animation. Yeah, they did. It looked uh, arguably it looked better than the Godzilla anime. Uh, well, which anime? Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> No, so uh, moving on to the actual next bit of news, we have the announcement that the new Common Rider series called Common Rider Revice will premiere on September 5th following the completion of Common Rider Saber. We have official images of what uh, Common Rider, uh, I think it's Common Rider Reeve and Common Rider Vice. Uh, look like mm-hmm. and the whole thing is dinosaur themed which looks fantastic and is fantastic can you believe 50 years of common rider history and they've never done dinosaurs as their theme yet i'm i'm a little bit i'm honestly a little bit surprised uh because i think we've had what like 10 10 seasons of sentai that have used the dinosaur theme mm-hmm. um something like that well an ultra well Ultraman, Ultraman's fought dinosaurs, but I guess that doesn't really count. Um, yeah, like uh, I, you showed me this. I think it was the day after you and I watched some Common Rider, and you showed me this, and I was like, "Wow, okay, so that actually looks pretty good." I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing like a trailer, like a, like an actual live action trailer for it to kind of promote the series, just to see uh, what the effects look like. Uh, I imagine because I've seen some clips of Saber. Uh, I imagine they're going to look really good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things I, uh, and I constantly say it. I like Kamen Rider more than Ultraman and Kamen Rider always looks good. Now, you know, not every series is a home run, but they always look fantastic. But one of the things that I really did not like about Saber and, and kind of like a lot of the, the kind of Neo Heisei, Common uh, Rider series is that the writers are becoming overly complicated in design. That is one thing that mm. Ultraman does have over Common Rider is you know no matter how complicated the Ultramen get in their designs, they still have a more sleek and kind of simplified design because they all you know they're all just you know slim guys in rubber suits that are painted silver and red uh you know uh very yeah, i think uh, i think i think x i think the most complicated i think the most complicated uh ultraman design at this point is maybe x mm-hmm. or um uh is it not g not maybe ginga is one of the more uh, is one of the more complicated ones um, but they don't really, they don't really deviate a whole lot from the main Ultraman aesthetic. You can honestly right. tell every time there's a new, every time there's a new Ultraman, you can honestly tell that it's, it's Ultraman instantly. You can tell what that is right. now, which is funny because the other, not the other night I sent you a photo. I was like, what in God's name is this? And it's a uh, uh, common writer. Oh God. Um, oh xa is it? Com- you sent me you sent me the picture of x yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes 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 uh, I was like, what in the holy heck what in the holy heck is this because uh like this does not even look like a common writer 
Yeah, so um X-Aid is um X-Aid is weird and I mean the aesthetic the design and the and aesthetic of it is just it's like I like weird stuff. It's pushing the weird envelope even for me. Um the I don't care for X8. I've watched a few episodes of it. I don't really care for it mainly because the you know the 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 modern day tokusatsu shows and this is for all of them. They uh they are very toy centric. Well, X8 is very toy centric, but the toys and the and the like props that they use look like fisher price toys they look like stuff from mm. like the the kindergartners would play with whereas like you know the other stuff it's like yeah these are obviously toys or you know or they're selling toys but they at least look cool the other x aids stuff yeah doesn't. It, the design reminded me of your um of your typical of your typical uh uh, mid teenage weeb just kind of hanging out at the mall. <laughs> yeah. 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 It is. It is kind of that. Um, yeah. So, uh, but, but getting yeah. back to, to Common Rider Revice, what I was saying is uh, the, so Common Rider lately has gotten very overly complicated in their designs, but uh, with, at least with the main writer, which is Common Rider Reeve, I think uh, mm-hmm. it, that it's, kind of slimmed down and paired back back to kind of a more simpler design and i like that yeah i i was looking at some photos of it uh online and like because they have the they have the full kind of renders of the suits and they it looks good uh even vice looks really good yeah it does uh so uh, yeah i'm excited for it and of course because it's toei uh, we're not going to get an official release here in the States. So time to turn to my life of crime once again. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah. Although, I mean, maybe, I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is, maybe this is the turning point uh, where they finally acknowledge that there are fans here in the West. I mean, yeah. it does look good. It does look good. Like yeah. the suits, the the suit for Common Rider Reeve or Common Rider Rev, uh, does look really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It does. It looks like cotton candy. <laughs> it's, it's pink and blue. It's pink, like pink, pink, blue, and black attack. Yeah, yeah. It's really weird that that, that was the color scheme they went with, but I kind of dig it. So uh, I don't know if I would have went with that color scheme. Honestly, I don't know if I would have went with pink and baby blue. Um, I mean, it's not the color scheme I would have chosen, but I'm I'm here for it. Like, okay, let's see what happens. It's not the first common rider to be pink. I mean, I mean, even X Eight is kind of like a pinkish color. So yeah, it's sort of like a hot that X Eight is like sort of this hot pink color. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think they just went through their color palette and was like, hmm, what colors haven't we used for common rider yet? Uh, <laughs> so uh, quite but- possibly. But yeah, uh, that's that's it for common writer news. Uh, this the this what like once every six months <laughs> that I get to talk about common writer on this podcast. Uh, yes, basically, I think the last time we talked about common writer was when you were complaining about Toei. Yeah, yeah, I'm done. I'm done with that. Pretty much, uh, I'm done complaining. I'm just going to enjoy the stuff that I enjoy, however I can. Anyway. Uh, let's move on to the next bit of news. 
uh, yesterday was the 50th anniversary of Godzilla vs. Hedera, and in celebration, uh, Bandai is releasing a premium movie monster series retro colorway featuring a new paint application to give, uh, and this is for Hedera, uh, to give it a shiny, oily, slick look. The figure will cost between $30 and $40, which I am surprised it's that cheap, uh, depending on where you order it from, and will ship out later in July. So this is cool. This is a really cool looking uh, Hedera figure. It actually, it actually is. I've been getting more and more into, I've been getting more into Bandai's and just like collecting like the little, like the little six to eight inch vinyls that we all kind of grew up with. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, because they're more, co- they're more cost effective for my wallet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and two, Bandai has been really killing it with some of their releases. Like they're, they're, they're Jet Jaguar. Uh, yes, I said Jet Jaguar, Nathan. Jet Jaguar. <laughs> uh uh, their Jet Jaguar release. Uh, actually, there are two Jet Jaguar releases: the stand, the standing version, and the flying version. Their Megalon, their upcoming Gorosaurus, and some of the other stuff that they're going to be releasing very, very soon. Uh, all looks really good. And th- and I was thinking, I was talking with our friend Danny. Uh, not too long ago, when we were when we were kind of when this was revealed, and I was like, oh, this is not. This is not the Bandai that I grew up with, and I'm really, ex- I'm really glad that they've kind of stepped up their game to give us like more premium looking stuff, but with not a super premium price. Uh, now I will be getting this one because I did go ahead and order it from uh, from Awesome Collector. I think the I think their pre orders are sold out right now, and I think, uh, but I from what I understand, they're going to be once the, once they're available, they're going to be getting a restock. Uh, on several outlets, so there are places online in on in the states you can get this. I think, if I'm not mistaken, this is a uh, this might be like a Godzilla store exclusive or something like that, uh, which which makes sense. Giving it like which makes the price point kind of make sense because it is around forty dollars USD um, from the places I've seen is usually this usually the consistent price is around forty bucks. Um, so, but as soon as they come into stock, I think they're going to be doing a restock on like awesome collector, uh, uh, showcase Daikaiju, uh, and some other places where you can kind of take a look, take a, you can find them. So, uh, yeah, keep a lookout for that. Cause I'm sure you'll be seeing like uh, Kaiju news outlet and some others kind of posting about that. If, if you want to get your hands on this figure, which looks really great. Yeah. Yeah. Now, before we get into more figure news, um, let's uh, talk about Arrow's release of the Daimajin trilogy. That box set Which that we talked about. Which is beautiful. That's what I was going to say. You got your copy. I saw you share it online. So, Michael, <laughs> what do you think? My first. Okay, so my first. I ordered mine from. Um, I ordered mine from uh, Diabolic, which. Uh, if anyone has ever ordered from Diabolic, they're the ones that were so gracious enough to put out the Gamera set two week, to ship out the Gamera set two weeks before everyone else. Uh, so I took a chance. I ordered directly from Diabolic, and it came in yesterday. And my God, it is it is gorgeous. Like the artwork is gorgeous. Of course, the artwork is done by the by Matt Frank, uh, same as the Gamera set. It's not. I will say it's not as extensive. It's not as extensive as the Gamera set because there's just not a whole lot of material to pull from with the Dimachine trilogy. Um, but the individual discs, uh, the individual di- disc cases, <clears throat> uh, 
look great. Uh, it comes with a little booklet with a slew of essays that I'm looking forward to digging into because uh, I know that eventually we will be covering the Daimajin trilogy on uh, this podcast, and I think this 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 newest set will be a uh, will be a nice uh, will be a nice resource for that. And um, it's not as expensive as the Gamera set. I think I ended up paying like $64, $65, something like that uh, for the set when it was pre-ordered. Um, and I think the Gamera set was around 120 150 something like that. But, but like I said, it's not nearly as extensive as the Gamera set was. Uh, right. But there are some nice stuff. I did, put, I, did pop, I did pop one of the discs in last night just to kind of look and see what the quality. I didn't watch any of the movies yet. Uh, but I did want to see what the quality looked like, and it is beautiful. Like the the what Arrow has done to remaster some of these films does look really great. And from what I learned um, J- in Japan, there actually is a 4K remaster of all of these films. Um, so I don't know if we'll ever get those, but if not, I'm super satisfied with what we got because this whole set is this whole set is gorgeous. Nice, yeah. That's great. I'm glad that uh, it lived up to it. I, you know, that's one of the things that I think Arrow has now proven time and time again, that they are just, they spare no expense when it comes to making these box sets for fans. Whenever they do mm-hmm. these things, they always look great. They're always worth getting. Hey, hey, Arrow. Psst, Arrow. I know you're listening. Give us a Heisei and Millennium Godzilla set. Ooh. Please. Ooh. Ooh. I wonder if Toho would ever would ever do that. And I wonder if Arrow would even be the ones that Toho would choose to work with. I would I would love it. They well, would is like they've proven it they can do there's it. a lot of rights issues there's a lot of rights issues attached to that though because i think right. sony still has the rights to a lot of the heisei stuff mm-hmm. because of the um if you remember if you remember like the 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 sony double the double feature releases from a few years mm-hmm. back yeah uh, i was talking with elijah i was talking with elijah and i think he mentioned that sony still has the rights to the majority of the heisei and millennium films which is unfortunate yeah yeah uh, so we'll have to wait and see if that ever happens. But man, if Arrow, if Arrow ended up being the ones to do a Heisei and Millennium box set for Godzilla, I would flip my lid. It, it just, oh my goodness, that would be, it would be beautiful. Would that be an instant, let me ask you, would that be an instant splurge purchase for you, Travis? I, I know you don't really splurge a whole lot on physical media. No, I don't because I I just can't afford to or I don't have the space to put a lot of physical media. Uh, That would probably be one that I would I would do everything in my power to get if I could. Uh, Like I would be scraping up pennies and and counting the pennies and being like, can we is this enough? Please, sir. Is this enough? (laughs) Tuppence, please, please, sir. Please. May I may I have a Godzilla? <laughs> Is Tuppence enough? Please. Tuppen, tuppence for a Godzilla? <laughs> Please, sir. May I have a Godzilla? anyway oh so that's great um yeah moving on to the next bit of news uh we have uh some news about a kickstarter that's going on for uh pacific rim the ultimate omnibus 
So Legendary Comics is kickstarting a comic omnibus that's containing all of the Pacific Rim comics, plus a brand new comic that's a sequel to Uprising and a prequel to the black to filling in that gap that's there uh this is yeah you can find it on kickstarter legendary comics pacific rim the ultimate omnibus uh and it's yeah that's exciting if you're a pacific rim fan check it out yeah i'm um i was i didn't know about this until today honestly Mm -hmm. but after looking at it i i I really want to back it because as i'm getting more and more as, I, as I'm getting more and more into comic books, like this feels, this seems like a really nice set to get. Because I know I, I've heard a lot of great things about the, have you read the, have you read the Pacific Rim comics, Travis? Yes. Yes. And that's what I was going to say. I've actually read some of the uh, Pacific Rim comics and they are really good. Uh, I was, I was surprised at how good they were. I expected them to be kind of like, yeah, you know, movie tie-in comics are, are a crapshoot sometimes like but right. the these were like the ones i read were really good mm-hmm. yeah i mean this looks like a really good kick and it's got i think i was looking i'm actually looking at it now just to see how many days it has it has 23 days left um so i'm thinking i may actually kick i may actually participate in this kickstarter to get this set because I think I already had, uh, I passed on, I know you're going to be shocked, but I passed on the power Rangers Kickstarter, uh, from a couple of months ago because it just was, it just was not in the budget at that moment. Right. Um, and I, but I did kickstart, I did help, uh, contribute a kick to a kickstarter to get the, um, Oh shoot. The, the Gorgo, the Gorgo comics. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause they were doing a re- they were doing a reissue of the Gorgo comics, or I think it was, uh, I cannot remember. Wow. What is it? Uh, uh, shoot. It was a specific, it was a specific line of Gorgo comics that, had, Charleston? Had, that had not been remastered. I think so. Was it the Charleston ones? Yeah. Cause yeah, Charleston, I think. Charleston comics, uh, used to publish the Gorgo comics back in the late sixties. And then, uh, Charleston mm-hmm. went, uh, went defunct and actually was bought out by DC comics. Oh, well, I kickstarted that and that because it looks super interesting. And I I think I'm gonna go ahead and I think I'm gonna go ahead and contribute to this one too so I can get this set because this I'm looking at some of the still images from inside the book and they look great. Mm. This mm. looks like a fun series. Yeah. Um let's let's uh rapid fire these last couple of um news items so that we can get sure. to the main topic. Uh but since it is figure news and collector news, I'm gonna let you uh, read these out. Sure. Uh, simply, there's just been a, it's just been a blur of toys and things uh, that have come out over the last uh, couple of months there. We've had things from Hasbro with the power, with power Rangers. We've had Me- we've had Mego with the uh, little Ultraman with the, with the little Ultraman figures, the little soft, uh, little mm. soft clip, uh, the little soft figures that you can find. I think they have two out now. It's, it's regular, it's Ultraman. Uh, it's the first Ultraman and Ultra seven. Yes. Yeah, so. uh, and they look great. I think a couple of our friends have some, uh, Mezco with their Godzilla releases. And they just, they just announced, uh, a couple of new releases. They have the, they have the, um, uh, 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 the, the Shobijin, the Shobijin set with Mothra. Yes. And it yes. comes with a little, like, 
It comes with a little box. It comes with a little like box from Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. It even comes with like a little replica of that. And of course, Mondo, God, for all like for all the complaints about Mondo, they are killing it on mm-hmm. their Godzilla releases. They're going to be coming out with several new things over the over the course of this year. Uh, and if you're interested in all that stuff, I'm going to tell you simply go to our friend uh, our friend Mike's uh, website, uh, kaijubattle.net, just to find out all the information on that. Uh, also, uh, just to rapid fire, one more quick little thing. Uh, speaking of Henshin heroes, because I know you're big into Henshin heroes, Travis, and me, I'm trying to get more. You, you have tried to preach the gospel of Common Rider uh, for several months now to me. And mm-hmm. before Common Rider, you tried to preach the gospel of Super Sentai to me because I was very mm-hmm. resistant to Super Sentai. And so I've been digging into Super Sentai, Super Sentai which is kind of invigorated my love of of the power rangers franchise and the super sentai franchise so uh for anyone who's not aware we have a couple of new uh one sixth one sixth scale figures coming out uh that's approximately 12 inches uh it's approximately 12 inches in height they're gonna be and they're gonna be uh the white ranger from die ranger or season two of mighty more from power rangers and lord draken which is a character from the comic books. Uh, mm-hmm. Specifically, if you're familiar, if anyone out there who reads the Power Rangers comics, the Shattered Grid series is where mm-hmm. Lord Draken shows up. Right, that's where he started. Um, the yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, so these are uh, the Toy Makers Three Zero. Uh, let's see, Three Zero is partnering with Hasbro to bring us more premium one six scale uh, figures from the. My- with the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, with the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers White Ranger, which will cost $120 USD, and Lord Draken, which will cost $125 USD, as seen in the Boom comic series. Both will join an all both will join the already announced line of MMPR figures from 3-0, the original Six Rangers, along with the MMPR Red with Dragon Shield, and will be released uh, between December 2021 and January 2022. Uh, pre-orders are available on 30's website as well as kaijulive.shop and awesomecollector.com, which both offer payment plans and both offer and both are a lot and both are actually cheaper than going directly through 30's main website. So mm-hmm. obviously, as a Power Rangers fan, I did pre-order these because I'm a completionist and wow. I'm crazy. Oh so. yeah, because you had already gotten the um the the other you had already got the six rangers. I did. I did the six range. Yeah. The six Rangers won't come out until I think October. Cause it's, mm-hmm. I've, I've had that on pre I've had it on pre-order for almost a year now. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it was, I, I ordered it instantly when it was first announced because I, I was talking with a friend of mine the other day and I said, you know, I have so much Godzilla stuff. I'm kind of getting bored with Godzilla. I know, I know before someone before out there, before, before one of our listeners out there has a heart attack, hear me out. There's only so much charcoal. There's only so much charcoal gray and bone white I can have on a shelf before I get bored with it. Right. Because I have, I mean, I have a good assortment here uh, in my collection, and I'm just kind of like, and as I dig deeper into Super Sentai, I'm like, man, I really miss having some of these things. Like, I mm-hmm. really miss some because my, if anyone out there can hear, if anyone out there is selling a vintage Dragon Zord from the '90s, message me. Because mm. <laughs> mm. that was one. That was one. As a kid, I never could find like the wow. Dragon Zord. For some reason, for some reason, I like we look. We looked at Hills, Walmart, 
um, KB Toys, K, um, Toys R Us. None of them had it. Now, they did put out, Bandai did put out a Legacy Dragon Zord a few years ago, and I'm sort of kicking myself for not getting it. Uh, because at the time I was like, oh, that's cool. They're really Bandai's re-releasing all those old toys that I had as a kid. And now as I'm now as a 30 something year old adult, I'm like, man, I really wish I would have, I really wish I would have got those because I kind of want them now, which is kind of <laughs> part of the course when you get older, you're like, I wish I had the things I had when I was a kid now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I think that is my, I think that is my holy, I think that is my collector's holy grail at this moment is, uh, trying to find a vintage nineties dragon sword. My, uh, my collectors, again, I'm not a collector, but my Holy grail is the, uh, the, um, juggless juggler figure, uh, from SH monster arts or SH figure arts. Uh, it's not hard to find, like it exists and it's out there. It's not, it's just very expensive for, for, I mean, it's not super expensive, but it's like more expensive than what I can afford right now. So, it's, it's, like, a, it's, a, it's about part of the it's about it's about part of the course with SH yeah figures, yeah it's SH a standard figure, yeah because phys- yeah, it's not that old so it's not like it's a rare find so that so the value hasn't gone up in that sense so it's it's still you know pretty regular price of what you would find for an sh figure arts i just can't afford an sh figure arts right now but man i would love to have that juggless juggler one it looks so cool and i love juggler <laughs> huh. So before this turns into uh, so before this turns into the Jugless Juggler fan fanboy club, look, I think we got look, a main topic. The, uh, the, the 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 Ultraman Z Ultraman Z uh, finale just got re-uploaded to YouTube, and that is the episode where uh, Juggler reveals <laughs> himself to the other members of the team, and he slices bullets out of the air to prevent them from hitting his teammates like come on the guy is awesome uh okay go ahead (laughs) 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 so that's that's it for the news uh this week and it's time to head into our main topic and we're not playing the bandora music we are not playing the bandora music to transition. Oh, come on. Come on. Was that not fun, though? Dora, Dora, Dora. Was that not fun? Was that not fun, though? Was that not fun? That <laughs> I was, didn't know what was it fun. was at first, because it's been a while since I watched Jew Ranger, and so I was like, what in the world is this? Oh, oh, it's uh, it's from Jew Ranger. Dora, Dora, Dora. Dora, Dora, Dora. Dora, Dora, Dora. Pandora. Dora the Explorer. Okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, so leading into each and every uh, week's uh, topic, we'd like to ask a trivia question. And this week's trivia question was super simple, uh, considering it is our Guilty Pleasures Month. And this week features Travis's Guilty Pleasure. Uh, yeah. The question that we asked, our, the, the question we asked our fans online this week was, what do you think uh, Travis's giant monster guilty pleasure is? And boy, oh boy, did we get some interesting answers. So yep. uh, our friend Nathan at the Monster Island Film Vault writes in, War of the Kaiju Cousins, Godzuki versus Minya. Round two. Fight. Round two. When was round one? Oh, I guess uh, us. When we did 
Uh, okay. Yeah. I, when okay. we did, when we did it for Kaiju Clash. Yeah. Which we yeah. haven't done in a while. We need to do that. We haven't done it in a while, um, but, I, but, 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 but remind me who won that Kaiju Clash, Michael. Well, from what I, well, um, from mm. what I understand, from what I remember, for memory serves me correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, Godzilla says Minya won. No, 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 Godzilla is wrong. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, the, no, Godzuki won that one. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, let's see. I'm going to skip this second one for now. Uh, our friend Chris, our friend Chris Deggle. Uh, our friend Chris Degel, our friend over in Germany, uh, writes in "Food of the Gods 2 with a little smirk face. And yeah. if you're remembering our discussion about F- Food of the Gods uh, in the first, ep- I think it was the first uh, episode. Uh, it's a movie about mutant rats that eat yeah. people. Our f- our first guilty pleasure movie this month. Yeah, uh, Chris. Uh, are you wanting us to review Food of the Gods? Is this like you're you're trying to like uh, what is it um, gaslight us into reviewing <laughs> Food of the Gods? You know, I will say this: I would rather watch Food of the Gods than Clifford. No, you already agreed to watch Clifford, so I ain't even gonna say anything because you've already agreed to watch that one and take a picture of yourself at the premiere. <laughs> I know. I know. I said I was going to watch it opening day or opening night, just whenever I get there. Uh, I did promise, and I will not renege on my promises. I, I, I promise. Uh, <laughs> but it does sound like a. a but Chris, uh, it does sound like a very good left of center choice. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Could be. Possibly. Uh, Damon Noyce, uh, our friend Damon on Twitter says, White Ranger, White Rage, a super Sentai musical, which sounds super funny. White Ranger, White Rage. I don't know why Oklahoma was the one that came to mind, but. <laughs> I was trying to remember the, some of the songs from Fiddler on the Roof because that that was the first musical that came to mind when I read that. Yeah, I, 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 I wonder why. Scroll down to the to one of the upcoming answers on the. <laughs> uh, we'll find out. We'll find out. Okay, keep going. Keep going. Okay, okay, okay. Our friend Jimmy from Anasa um, says, "Space Yeti, giant of the twenty fifth century." <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy. That is sort of an unoriginal answer, but we appreciate Space it. We Yeti. Appreciate- Giant of the 25th and a half century. Oh. <laughs> I like this. We need to have you read the answers more often. <laughs> Myst- Mystery Science Yeti 3000. Yep. Because <laughs> that's that Mystery Science don't, Yeti 3000. There we go. Don't someone, give Elijah more. Someone you- <laughs> 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 Elijah, now, you have our permission to use this one. <laughs> you'll probably know this answer uh more. You'll probably know about this answer more than um more than me because this sound this seems right up your alley. But Crystal Lady Jessica writes in Kaiju Girls. I don't know what Kaiju Girls are, 
but okay. Uh, so Kaiju Girls, as if, if I remember right, is a Subaraya thing. Uh, it's kind mm-hmm. of like the Go- Gojiban stuff. Um, it's like a little fun, oh. kid friendly uh, okay. thing. It's girls who dress up like Kaiju from like uh, Subaraya Productions. Oh, okay. So I okay. So I think I've seen that before. Is there like a girl that dresses up as a King Shisa or a King Cesar? No, that's that's Gojiban. That's Gojiban. That's the Godzilla puppet okay. show that's on YouTube. Okay. Yeah, okay. that was uh, that was yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> that was great. That was great. <laughs> I'm unfamiliar with I'm I'm unfamiliar with Kaiju Girls. But thank you, Jessica, for participating. And speaking of our friend Elijah. Uh, Elijah from ET3, ET13 Productions and the Kaiju Conversations podcast writes in Snow Yeti and the Seven Nipples. <laughs> Fun. Okay, Thank so you. we had Uni Nipple a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> uh, no, I know where you're going with this. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> no. Uh, no. Nick, Nick Blackler. <laughs> He's the one who sent us in the artwork for the Uni Nipple. Uh, we've got a new project for you. <laughs> Elijah also, Elijah also, um, Elijah also sent, sent me a, sent me, I guess, I guess I'll say it with, with us because we've done, you know, we've helped out Elijah too. We both helped out Elijah, but he sent me a really nice note the other day. Um, I bought some things from his, uh, from the comic shop that he works at and he was kind enough to mail it to me and send me a nice note attached to it. So thank you, Elijah. I uh, have never helped note. Elijah. Appreciate- I have only ever made we've fun had- of him. <laughs> We have helped Elijah. We, I have, we have only ever Elijah. antagonized Elijah. No, we, you, okay. So then you've helped Elijah by giving him a thicker skin and helping him just grow up and get over it. <laughs> oh man, no. <laughs> All right, moving on. Moving on, moving on. Okay, so our friend Joe Jira. Uh, writes in and says, Unstoppable, starring Chris Pine and Denzel Washington, which actually is a good movie. Uh, I think it, is it Chris Pine? And, is it? Yeah, I think so. Chris Pine and Denzel Washington. Is it Chris Washington. Pine that's in that movie? Okay. Which I've seen it. It's, it's Unstoppable is a good movie. Like that's like that's actually a really good answer. Uh, mm. But is, Isn't that the one where the train... It's not guilty pleasure. Isn't that the one that where the train behaves like a kaiju? Like it, it like acts like almost like a monster. <laughs> it's uh, we might uh, we might we might uh, be able to cover it on the podcast. Hmm. Uh, that's a good question. I'm gonna have to look this up. Uh, I say Unstoppable, Chris Pine. Uh, I mean, I know what the movie's about. Says, right. Right. Okay. So. Maybe this is not the movie that I'm thinking of then. Are you thinking of the Liam Neeson one? Maybe I'm thinking of something way different. I think so. Yeah, what's the, the Liam so. Neeson movie with um with a train? It's taken but on the on the train. The commuter. Is it the, oh yeah, the commuter. Yeah, 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 the commuter. Okay. Yeah, you're right. So maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. Um but regardless, thank you uh Joe Jira for writing in. We appreciate it. Yeah. Uh Raymond Martin Raymond Martin, our friend Raymond. Oh, oh, Raymond. Uh, everyone loves everyone loves Raymond, or everyone hates Raymond because Raymond's a lawyer. I don't know. I would assume since he's a lawyer, everyone hates him. But anyway, uh, he writes, uh, Gad, Gad- Gadzooks, Godzilla. 
<laughs> Godzilla, gangsters, and Gal Gadot in a Godzuki costume. Ooh, that sounds sexy. <laughs> I love me some Gal Gadot. Sexy lie. Godzuki. Okay, we have found Michael's guilty pleasure. Uh, Ooh. So, Gal Gadot dressed. Gal Gadot dressed as a Godzuki. Hmm. Hmm. All I'm thinking of is the meme that the of like you know the meme that went around where yo know, if when you're dating someone or you're engaged or whatever you know you you leave a dress out for them and say uh, wear this for me and I'm just picturing you with your next significant other leaving out a costume a Godzuki costume wear this <laughs> to dinner tonight actually. Actually, it'll probably be a Pink Ranger costume. Just saying. Uh, so, <laughs> moving on to the last answer, uh, our very good friend Nick Blackler, uh, who always comes in with the goods, uh, he, he coming in clutch this week. Nick, um, he writes in and says, "Travis calls it a guilty pleasure. I call it a classic, and it is Juggler on the Roof, and it's a picture of Juggler's Juggler." On the roof with a fiddle. I love it, Nick. It is my favorite. This was my favorite. I love it. <laughs> Always saving the best for last because uh, we, you know, I have to say, Nick, you really stepped up your game as far as uh, as far as some of these answers go. Like you've really been killing it week to week. He Keep knows up, me so well. Like this was that was the perfect answer for me. <laughs> Uh, but unfortunately, none of those are correct, Travis, because this week, your guilty pleasure is, drumroll, Dragon Wars. Dragon from Wars. 2007. Yes. Uh, you go ahead and read the read the casting crew, and I'll do the plot breakdown. I like this. I like the way this is working out. Okay. Okay, okay. Because you, you know this movie way more than I do, so you're probably best to do the plot breakdown. Okay. Um, so the cast and crew reads, written and directed by Shim Hung Rae. I think I'm saying that right. Mm -hmm. Shim Hung Rae? Shim Hung Rae? Nope, uh, Shim Hung Rae. Jason Bear. Yeah, Jason Bear, uh, Amanda Brooks, Craig Robinson, Elizabeth Pina. 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 Uh, Pina, okay, because I saw the little the little squiggle over the N. So mm -hmm. it's uh, Elizabeth Pina and Robert uh, Froster. The late, great Robert Forster. Oh, Robert, yeah, sorry. I can't read. I, I don't have my glasses on. Robert Forrester. Uh, and our plot breakdown is what, Travis? So, uh, two planks of wood are on the run from a big <laughs> snake with anger issues to eat a marble that's lodged inside of one of the planks of wood. And if the snake eats the marble that's lodged inside of one of the planks of wood, uh, the snake becomes a dragon and gets to go to heaven. All dragons go to heaven. All dragons go that to heaven. That sounds like a good movie to me. All dragons <clears throat> go to heaven, yeah. but only if the snake gets to eat the marble inside the plank of wood. Okay. I mean, t tell me that's not what right. the plot of this movie is, though. <laughs> On, I mean, I'm trying to think of a bet. I'm trying to think of something else, and honestly, nothing else is coming to mind because that is exactly the plot of Dragon Wars. <laughs> Um, so yeah, let's get into opening thoughts. I, I'll go ahead and start us off with opening thoughts because it's my guilty pleasure. So, uh, this movie, well, go for it. the floor is yours. This movie is way better than what people give it credit for. Like 
I we we talked about this with with your guilty pleasure, which was Godzilla 1998. It's and and how you chose that one not because it you know you feel guilty watching it it's more of how people react to that movie and that's how i feel about this one too i enjoy this movie and i don't really feel guilty watching any kind of movie but the there's people out there who treat this movie like it ran over their dog like like it slapped their grandma or something like it is people treat this movie like it is something offensive and i don't understand why this movie it's not brilliant by any means but it is fun it's good it doesn't shy away from the monsters like the monsters are front and center throughout this whole movie there's a ton of monsters in this and the special effects are just great and that's you know for a 2007 movie made in a you know by a foreign company a foreign studio this is a pretty decent film honestly if i did not know that this is a south korean film i don't think i would have known it it yeah. feels like it feels like a um <clears throat> It does. It's not as low. It's not as lowbrow as say like a made for sci-fi channel movie, um, but it. I don't know. There, there is something about it that feels a little bit lower budget. But all that aside, I think you're right. I think this movie is not as terrible as people want to give it credit for, uh, or want to try to say it is. And I think the main reasons why people hate on this movie so bad is our main protagonists. Yes. And I will be one of the first to admit that the main characters in this movie are terrible. Blocks of wood. They are planks of wood. They are so bad. It is, and, and the actors, the actors are, have appeared in other stuff and have done a decent job in other stuff. So I don't know what it is. I think it, maybe they just, maybe because this was a foreign production. So maybe there was a language gap there between like the director and the producers and stuff, but I don't know. I mean, like there there's, I don't under, I don't know what the problem is with these main characters, but they are really awful. I, I just think it's, <clears throat> I think it's like they're, they, when I was when I was rewatching this movie, it just feels like they don't. They're, they're, there's no real urgency to them. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like it's like there's no. It's like it's it's like they're not even taking themselves very seriously, which which can work sometimes because we do we have seen those we have seen movies with protagonists who are like no this can't be right this can't be believable there's no way that i possess the spirit there's no way that i'm the secret ancestor of blah 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 that possesses the spirit of this ancient beast uh there's no way that can happen it turns out it happens but the journey to get from point a to point b is is usually pretty interesting the journey the journey from point a to point a and a half or to point B or to point whatever the journey from point A to point B in this movie uh, is not all that interesting as far as our main characters go. Like, yeah, I just don't, I just don't care for them that much. Right. And me and you both, both agreed when we were talking about this movie and and this kind of gets into our likes and dislikes um, that the best, probably the best part of the whole movie was 
the flashbacks to the past in in ancient Korea or or you know and like uh, uh, feudal Korea. Yeah, yeah. Like if they would have kept honestly, if they would have kept this movie as like a period piece, like throughout the whole thing, I think it would have been a better movie. Honestly, imagine imagine just just this 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 is gonna blow your mind imagine if this movie <laughs> was a period piece set in feudal uh korea but still had all the monster and the monster army and the dragon army and everything imagine this was crouching tiger hidden dragon but with actual dragons i honestly think that's a better movie just thinking just just talking about it instantly becomes a better movie yeah oh yeah yeah like um this that was the best part of the whole movie the the characters were more interesting i was more engaged with the main characters in that plot than the actual main characters you know for the rest of the movie and and i just i i wonder if it was just shyness that they wanted to they wanted to give this a more global appeal so they decided to cast, you know, American actors and and stuff instead of in the modern day and everything like that. And that's why because right, this, this was released that this was released stateside, right? Yes, it was. This I was saw it in theaters. I, I, I was going to say, I remember seeing posters for it. Um, and I remember seeing like I didn't watch it in theaters. I didn't watch this movie till much, much later. Uh, but I remember seeing posters for it mm-hmm. uh, in American theaters. So it's like maybe. Because, like I said, it, this doesn't necessarily feel like a foreign film. It feels right. like a, it feels like a mid-tier Hollywood bl- blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like uh, it feels like a Transformers movie. <laughs> it really does. Um, yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is sad because I love Transformers and I hate that the Transformers movies are kind of at that point. But uh, yeah, no, I, I th- so I don't understand what the thought process was in making this movie. That being said, despite all of the flaws and despite all of the terrible main characters and the weirdness of being set in the modern day and everything, there is enough going on in this movie that keeps my interest and keeps me Mm -hmm. entertained. Like the side characters are extremely entertaining you know the the there's the i i called him i i in my notes i don't know if i have it in my notes here but but i called him like the bernie character because he was the guy he kind of reminded me of the guy from uh from um godzilla versus kong but uh oh you are you talking about you're talking about bruce maybe he was was it it bruce he was was the guy that was the sidekick of the main character Right, it's like uh, I think it was Craig Robinson, best known for yes. uh, The Office. Yes, 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 yes. That's who it was. Uh, yeah, and he was good. He was really good in this. Um, we mentioned the late great Robert Forster, like Robert Forster. Oh, Robert Forster's always. I love Robert Forster. In everything he's in, he brings one hundred percent. Like he is never phoning it in in anything that he appears in, and I just love that about that that actor i love those type of actors that they've been around forever but they never phone it in you know malcolm mcdowell um uh uh james earl jones and and ones like that who they have this pedigree that they they've been around forever but they still bring it and give 100 percent, no matter what kind of film they're in 
And you know uh, who I forgot was I think this was around the same time I had to I'd had to look it up but uh, who I who I who I'd forgot was in this movie was uh, I think her name was I think her her name's uh, her last name's Garcia I think her last her uh, oh yeah yeah uh, what is her first name the one from uh, um, Michelle Rodriguez is that no 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 the one that played Brandy the one that played Brandy the 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 basically the pretty bre- the the pretty best friend. Um, I thought that was Elizabeth. No, Elizabeth Pena oh. was. Uh, hold on, I'm looking it up. No, I'm looking it up. No. Looking oh, it up. oh, uh, I, 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 okay. I'm looking it up. I'm, I'm probably wrong. I'm probably wrong anyway. I'm gonna, uh, Amy Garcia. Yeah, she was. Um, because she was in Dexter. Mm-hmm. I watched yes. Dexter uh, in the early 2000s, and she was a big part of that show. Uh, and I enjoyed her character in this movie as well. I think I enjoyed her more than Sarah, uh, our main character. Yeah. Uh, Amy Garcia's character, uh, in this gets dealt dirty though. She really gets dealt. She dirty. does. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> she does. It's, a, it's a, it's really a shame, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She would have been better as the main character. Like, <laughs> I don't know what I, all of the side characters were more interesting. Um, <laughs> even, uh, honestly, Honestly, I could have believed, I, I could have honestly believed uh, Amy Garcia to be more of the main character, more of the Sarah character than the Sarah. I think if if they would have switched roles, if they would have switched uh, Amanda Brooks for Amy Garcia in the lead, from like lead role to secondary to best friend role or uh, supplementary role, I think that would have been better. Honestly, because I think Amy Gar, I think Amy would have probably been a more believable character, a more believable lead character for this movie. Yeah, um, I do want to ask you though, what did you think of the comedic moments in this? Like, for example, so there's there's the the scene where the general, the dragon general, walks through a wall, and then the old lady decides she's going to try to walk through the wall behind him. <laughs> And smacks her head against the wall. <laughs> as bad as it sounds, as bad as it sounds, and as much as I hate to say it, I enjoyed the comedic moments in this more than I did in Godzilla 98 because they didn't feel as... F- now, they're forced. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, they're, they they're are forced. really forced. They're forced, but they're... But they gave me more... That, that scene gives me more of a chuckle than that's a lot of fish or uh um god i can't even remember like or the uh, or what, the moments in godzilla 28 or anything any, from, anything uh, in the godzilla 98 yeah the animal said like anything that animal did was just like ridiculous and, and annoying yeah he's getting larger you know that kind of yeah. stuff um we are in his mouth um, I, yeah i know uh but Although the comedy in these movies, which is typical for like a, a Hollywood blockbuster type movie, there is they try to inject comedy. Uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but in this one, it was a little bit more tolerable. I'll say yeah. that. Uh, the the entire ongoing plot subplot with Billy Gardell who is the one who played Mike from Mike and Molly, who is kind of, is the zoo, yeah, the zoo, uh, zoo security guard. As I say, he's a zookeeper. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <clears throat> that felt out of place because very much out of place. Like we're supposed to be afraid 
of this giant dragon monster uh, thing, the Yamugi. Um, and he, the, just the constant cutting back to him and his ongoing story, just, I don't know. It felt really out of place for me. So it didn't hit well with me. Uh, so the comedic moments, I kind of just like, eh, they were okay. I wasn't super thrilled. I did which, like the lady walking into the wall, but, but other than that. <laughs> which was kind of bad, which is kind of makes, which is kind of disappointing because I love Billy. I liked Billy Gardell because he, because he plays, um, he's one of those guys. He's one of those. Oh yeah. That guy. I can't remember his name, but it's that guy. Mm-hmm, he's one yeah. of those guys. Like he's like he usually plays like a best friend or something of that nature. Uh, I think the last thing he was in was Mike and Molly, which is not a bad show. I don't know why people hated it. So uh, the much. last thing he was um, in is a um, is a uh, heart medicine, no, a diabetes medicine commercial that is constantly airing on TV, and I'm constantly seeing. Oh, see, I don't have cable. I don't have cable, so I have no idea. I didn't uh, have the last thing I saw him was in was Mike and Molly. Yeah, he's been in stuff since then, but yeah, he's uh uh he's he's pretty good. He he's a pretty good actor. I do think he's he's decent, but it just I did not it did not play well. I don't know. I it didn't fit into this whole thing. Yeah. Again, it felt very much like well, like you said, like nineteen ninety-eight Godzilla or some of the comedy that's in the Transformers films. It just doesn't feel mm-hmm. like this is the type of movie that should have that type of humor like i don't get it it's not this isn't the place for it you know if you would swap out uh if you would swap out billy gardell for kevin james kevin james instantly this is a better movie maybe maybe <laughs> maybe what <laughs> Uh, so I want to talk about, so we're, we're talking about our likes and dislikes and we're kind of going back and forth with this one, but, uh, I do want to talk about my favorite scene from this movie, but before I talk about my favorite scene, I want to ask, what is your favorite scene from this movie? Oh God. The, uh, I mean, it's obviously one of the, it's, it's obviously one of the scenes with the dragons, but yeah, would it be the would it be the probably, Los Angeles prob- being attacked by the all the dragon army? Uh, it that's a, that's a good one, as well as the as well as the dragon uh, slithering up the tower mm-hmm. and uh, fighting the, the helicopter the helicopter fight there. Uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, the final, the final battle between uh, the bad Amugi and the good Amugi mm-hmm. um, was pretty epic. Or the, the bad Amugi and the dragon. Does the dragon have a name? I forget. Does the dragon have an actual name? But probably my favorite scene was towards. Honestly, my favorite scene was outside of some of the the city destruction stuff with the dragon army. Um, and my, my, some of my favorite stuff came at the end with the with the battle between the the bad Amugi and the dragon uh just that one that one sequence where after uh, the good amugi swallows the magic marble um and transforms into the dragon and the bad amugi's got has got his claw got his teeth locked in on the dragon and the dragon just un and the dragon just sh- the snake just sheds all the skin off and be- and becomes the dragon i'm getting uh my words mixed up i think here and um 
that that whole sequence of events looks pretty cool. Like the CGI, the CGI in this movie is 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 surprisingly really good for a foreign film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, Baraki was the evil one. Uh, the celestial dragon uh, is just what it's called here. And from what I'm uh, from what I'm reading, I thought that the good Amugi had a name, but I don't see it just called good Amugi and celestial dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh but mm-hmm. Baraki was the evil one. Right. Um, but yeah, so, so yeah, you have, um, you have the, the, you have the scenes in Los Angeles with all of the monsters, all of the dragons attacking like the military and stuff. One of the reasons I think mm-hmm. that those scenes are really good is because, um, because, uh, the having that many of the like underling dragons means that the humans can actually seem like they can, you know, handle themselves and like be able to kill off some of, some of the monsters without completely neutering the bad guys. Like, you know, like it it makes them, it means they can still seem formidable, but the, the, military can also get a few shots in and manage to kill some, but, but there's some really great, yeah, the, like, uh-huh. Go ahead. Like the dog fight, but it's the dog the dog fight between mm-hmm. um, yeah. the underling the under the underling dragons and the helicopters. That's yeah. a pretty good scene. That's a pretty good scene as well. Yeah, that's that is that is an excellent scene. I, again, I think the the action in this movie is what can carry it and make it entertaining, um, despite all the flaws. My favorite scene, though, and you did touch on it, but my favorite scene is when it suddenly goes all Lord of the Rings and we're transported <laughs> to a weird desert plane that I, who knows where this is. I don't know. We're just suddenly in this other realm where we're in the, we're in the mortal combat world for some reason. And there's this big epic, just evil castle and the and Baraki, the evil Amugi, is trying to uh, basically sacrifice, or they're trying to sacrifice the girl to give him the Yuiju, uh, so that he can become, you know, a dragon. And it, it's just like, you, you know, there is a point in this movie where it starts to drag. And then all of a sudden that shows up and it's like, wait, what is this a completely different movie again? What, what is happening? Did we somehow switch to a different thing? (laughs) Well, there's, there's not a clean transition. There's not a clean transition. No, there's not. There is not. But I like that. I like it, how it just weird it is. And then of course, you know, you have like you were bringing out the good Amugi shows up and you have the big epic fight between Baraki and, and the good Amugi, and you think the good Amugi is done for and is going to die, and Baraki's going to win, and then all of a sudden the the Yuiju, the 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 marble, the orb, uh, go you know gets absorbed by the good Amugi, and and Baraki like wraps around him, but it doesn't matter because his skin starts to just dissolve away, and he just rips through his like skin with these big massive claws and he looks you know like the a traditional like chinese asian dragon with the with the horns and the and the little wispy things on it you know 
and stuff and and just so epic it is just it's such an epic moment it makes the whole rest of the movie worth watching just to see that yeah and i know that this movie is very cgi heavy this Mm -hmm. movie is extremely cgi heavy um but but they use it well it looks good like Mm -hmm. i'm i'm remembering the scene specifically where i think it's when baraki comes to Los Angeles and he's just slithering through downtown Los Angeles mm-hmm. and just cars and things are just being slung left and right. That looked really good. And I was surprised uh, for a 2000, for a 2007 foreign film, how well the CGI looked in this movie. Like there is like, I've heard people complain about the animation in this film and I don't quite understand it. Because it's on par, it's really on, it's on par with, uh, with the, the quality of CGI at the time. And it's really like the amount of action in this movie, it makes it enjoyable. Yeah, I think that the monster, not only is the monster design in this pretty good, but I think that the CGI even looks better than uh, than Cloverfield and Cloverfield was two years later or a year or a year or two years, something like that uh, later. So like i i just think and and i and i said it at the kind of i i said it at the outset that another thing i like about this movie is that they didn't shy away from showing the monsters like we're so used to in that time period in between you know big godzilla films being released in the u.s that a lot of the monster films seemed like they were afraid to show any monsters. They kind of just kind of would, you would get glimpses of the monster and then not, you know, and then they, even 2014 Godzilla kind of did that. But this one, it's like, no, all of the monsters are front and center. You get good daylight views of them. And like, yeah, yeah it's, it's great. I think that's something that should be praised about this movie. It's, it's almost like, it's almost like the directors of this movie knew exactly why people were coming to see it oh yeah oh for sure for sure uh the only other thing i want to say uh and this this kind of just i think is a good place to end our main discussion and then we can get into our our final thoughts uh have you ever seen a dragon cry (laughs) (laughs) actually yeah well if we're talking about any, if we're talking about other movies, I think didn't Draco cry in uh, uh, yeah, in Dragonheart? Uh, yeah, Dragonheart, Drag Dragon Dragonheart. Uh, I have no idea, but I just think it's so great that the, the again the whole, the end of this movie makes the whole movie worth watching. I I, I legitimately yes. believe that. I think the last. 15 to 20 minutes of this movie makes the whole movie worth watching because that whole final sequence. And then uh, the, the, the cry the dragon cries and, and everything and then takes off towards heaven. And just that. And one thing I love about the good Amugi and the good and, and the celestial dragon is even though they are supposed to be good and on the good Mm -hmm. side, they're still scary. (laughs) Like they're still very frightening. Yes. Uh, the celestial dragon is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Uh, but it's a good guy. Um, and it cries because, of the, because of the woman dies. Uh, the plank of wood yes. died. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I like, and I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, and I'm remembering all those, all those great scenes in like feudal Korea 
mm-hmm. like when the when the when the arm when the army uh uh attacks the castle and like i just wish that this movie would have been set in we can probably get into our final thoughts or some or from here but mm-hmm. i kind of just wish this movie was a period piece yeah oh yeah like i do I had my, yeah my number one complaint my number one complaint outside of our lead characters is I wish that this movie was more of a period piece and it did not try to go back and forth. Mm-hmm. I don't think it, I like there are movies that have done that and it's been okay, but I don't think that this movie does it well enough that I, that it makes me wish that it does, that it does not make me wish that they stayed in one particular era or another, because you have so much of this fat that you have so much of this fantastic footage in feudal Korea and then it just switches to present day. And it's like, I don't know. I just I just kind of wish that they would have kept it more of a period piece. Yeah. And I think that's coming also from us who are, we're used to watching movies that are set in a different time period and a different culture than our own, uh, watching a lot of these monster movies. And uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, for us, it it's, yeah, watching, you know, the, the, a full movie set in feudal Korea with giant monsters in it would be fantastic. But I do think a big reason why it was set in modern day was because they were trying to appeal to wider audiences. And I think they had this idea, whether it was an American studio or American people who are American producers who told them this, or whether it was the Korean, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, studio that just decided this on their own, that, they couldn't appeal to wider audiences if it wasn't set in modern day with American actors. And I just, yeah. And, 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 and on one hand, I think that it, I think they're completely right because no, it wouldn't have been a big hit, but it would have been a better film. <clears throat> Maybe. I mean, but you've got to remember, this is the time period where we've had, I think we've, we've had what, two, two or three Lord of the Rings films by now. Mm, And so people are used to seeing, uh, people are used to seeing more fantastic, more fantastic, more fantasy, more like period piece type movies uh, in theaters. So I don't think it would have been, I don't think it would have hampered it too much. Yeah, but those are still by making it people. Whereas, you know, you're like, Films that are with that are set with with uh, subtitles are just never going to do as well in the United States. They just they just aren't. There's there's a thing about in the United States the majority of people will not go and see a film that is that has subtitles. Uh, so it is one thing to have you know these foreign films like Lord of the Rings, which is technically a foreign film, although it was you know released here by an American studio, but it was produced outside the country, uh, and you know. But and even James Bond foreign productions and stuff, but those still they still they're speaking English. Whereas with this, you would have to have subtitles through the whole thing, like like a uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is an outlier. It is still I think the highest grossing uh, foreign film, or at least with you know uh, or Asian uh, released film in America produced film released in America and it's still nowhere near like what a big budget movie would make uh in its in its yeah release so yeah like i said i think that 
that their fear or their desire to make this movie appeal to a broader audience means they toned it down and made it more of more generic. Whereas I think you would have had a better film if you had went like you, like we were saying, went with uh, the period piece, but you're also alienating a huge portion of your foreign audience. So I don't know. It, it is one of those things. There's no right or wrong answer. It's just the decisions that you make and how the product turns out. Yeah, I think so. I, I, you're, I mean, you're right because there is sort of this, and it's this is a. I feel like this is a whole other topic for another for another conversation. But like, there is this stigma against uh, foreign films here in the states. Mm-hmm. Uh, like every every now and then we get a Godzilla release here in in like a Toho Godzilla release. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Shin, Godz- Shin Godzilla came into limited theaters here mm-hmm. in the United States, and so yes. did Godzilla two thousand. I watched Godzilla two thousand in theaters. Neither one of those movies even sniffed at a good box office release, right? Like because people just did not go and see them. Um, now this now movie us, did make money. Um, in its box office. Now this was a box office success, which is what's funny is that people seem to be so against this movie, but yet it was successful. It was the highest budgeted South Korean film of all time, but the overall box office uh, was about a hundred million dollars worldwide, which made it a success. Um, It actually earned a profit. So I don't know. Uh, it is it is a weird film. It's a very weird film. And, and, but I just the reason why it is my guilty pleasure is because I think that it gets a it gets more negativity than it deserves. I now does it deserve some? Yeah, I think the criticisms. Uh huh. Right. Ahead. I think I was gonna say I think just people I think people are are unfair to it. Yeah. Like I if think you, if you go in if you go if you go into it knowing what to expect, I think it's a good movie. Like it's it's not a perfect movie, just like what we've talked about with Godzilla ninety eight. It is not a perfect movie, but as a if it is a perfectly serviceable B level uh, action movie with giant monsters. Right. There are legitimate criticisms to have for this movie. I think that the the reaction i get from people when i tell them i like this movie is really weird and seems over the top for the the type of movie that this is so that's why i consider it a guilty pleasure um but yeah so we can get into our our final thoughts and our godzuki scores so for anybody who's new to our podcast we like to rate our movies out of five godzukis instead of five stars because we like to embrace the sillier side of giant monster movies and we do that by using the great godzuki as our yardstick for measuring these movies so michael out of five godzukis how many godzukis do you give dragon wars or d wars and uh what are your final thoughts i think a three out of five is fair i think a three out of five godzukis is fair for this movie um i agree with you travis uh it is it gets it has a rep it has a it, it gets hated on a lot a, a lot of by a lot of people i think unjustly i think that a lot of the people that have that like to hate on this movie haven't really given it a fair chance. Uh, they're just kind of going along with what other people have said about this movie. Because when you watch it, when I rewatched it, 
I was able to have fun with it. And although this movie has its flaws, it does belong in the pantheon of, of giant monster movies that I think people should see at some mm-hmm. point in their movie watching career in their giant, in their sci-fi fantasy uh movie watching career i think you would do yourself a favor and watch dragon wars because it really is not all that bad it's not as bad as what people have said online about it yes our our main we've talked about it our main characters are planks of wood uh but honestly i but the supporting cast make up for it in my opinion the the supporting cast make up make up for it in this movie and it makes the like the human stuff more tolerable but of course when you, you're coming to this type of movie, you're t- you're coming to this type of movie for the spectacle, and there is a little, and there is a lot of spectacle to be had in this film, like bet- like the dog fights with the with the dragons and the helicopters. You've got the final sequence with uh, with the with the good Amugi and or the sorry the uh, celestial dragon and and uh, Baraka. Um, you've got. Uh, just a lot of great action sequences in this movie that keep you entertained and keep you engaged. And I think that this movie is worth giving another shot. So if you're the person out there who has never seen Dragon Wars or you've heard bad things about Dragon Wars or you've actually watched Dragon Wars and didn't really care for it, I'm going to encourage you to, just like Godzilla 98, watch it again. Try to go into it with fresh eyes. Try to go into it with a fresh perspective uh, and try to go into it with an open mind. And I think there's going to be a lot of stuff you're going to be able to pull out of it that you really enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. This movie, just tying in with something you said, this movie, I suggest to people uh, watch this movie and the host, the the Bong Joon-ho movie, mm-hmm. the host uh, yeah. to just for for if for no other reason than to get the Korean perspective on monster movies, modern monster movies, because we get a lot of of course the american take on it we get a lot of 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 the japanese take on it and we even get a lot of the chinese take on monster movies but if you want to see what the what how the koreans do uh korean product you know korean production houses do monster movies in the modern day check out dragon wars and check out uh the host um, but yeah, so my final thoughts and my Godzuki score. So my Godzuki score, my Godzuki score, sorry, I forgot to sing it, uh, is a three out of five. Um, this movie, I think, is creative in its own way. Uh, not not everything in the movie is a home run, but I think that it should be given points just for having an interesting and refreshingly different take on monster movies uh, and just being, you know, like i said exploring a uh, exploring maybe a a culture and a type of story that we don't get here in the u.s you know this this kind of like mix of modern sci-fi action with you know legendary kind of you know uh cult uh, what, what do you what would you call it folk tale type stuff um yeah i i Myth like a, that some sort of like a yeah, like sort of a mythology. It has sort of a mythology. Yeah, the mythology almost feels like a like a storybook movie, like a storybook story uh, that they've mm. you know brought into the modern day and and stuff. So I kind of like that 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 kind of interesting uh, take that they did. Now, 
is the movie perfect? Absolutely not. Uh, the effects are definitely the driving force. The side characters are good enough. To, they, they keep me engaged. But the biggest drawback is definitely the main characters. The main characters are so terrible. Um, now, that being said, I that end sequence is the thing that keeps bringing me back to this movie again and again. Every time I think about this movie and I think about its flaws, I'm always reminded of that last 20 minutes of the film and that last 20 minutes of the film is the thing that i'm like man yeah i do want to watch dragon wars again <laughs> i don't know what it is about that last 20 minutes it just makes me want to keep coming back for more uh so yeah the movie could have been better like we said if it had been a, a period piece they could have done things better shoulda coulda woulda we don't know what it could have been all we know is what it is and what it is is entertaining and i think i can see enough of the effort that's put into this movie to appreciate uh it for what it is and so that's why i give it a three out of five i think that's totally fair yep uh so now we can move on to the next segment of the podcast and do you know what the next segment is i think it's the mailbag the mailbag what's in the mail today And if you would like to send us something in our mailbag, please do. We've been begging, literally begging for people to send stuff into our mailbag so that we can hear from you guys. Uh, you can do that kaijuweekly at gmail.com or you can tweet us at kaijuweekly on Twitter like uh, Jurassic Mark uh, did on Twitter. He sent us at kaijuweekly the great lakes need their own kaiju maybe a giant sturgeon or something signed a proud native of rochester new york uh what do you think about having a kaiju film set in the great lakes i would want it to be okay so i would want it to be uh i would want it to be something a little bit outside the norm uh, no, I don't want it to be like a sea monster or like a serpent kind of thing. I don't, I think that's been done before. I think it's been too much. That's been done a lot. <sighs> like a giant, like a giant death sturgeon sounds terrifying. Yes. I, I mean, I've seen big sturgeon. They are scary. Like that is a scary fish. Yeah. Uh, so definitely if you did a giant sturgeon would be, I I'm with you. I don't think they should do a, a sea serpent or, or like a, like a serpent type monster because I think it would, the, the, obviously the connections would be drawn between it and Nessie or something like that. And it's like, no, you don't want. Yeah. Because you know, it's, um, because we've had, we've had films like, uh, like Lake, Pl like Lake Placid, mm -hmm. which, uh, which kind of qualifies for this podcast because it's an oversized alligator. It's on the list. Has a personality. It is on the list. It's on the good because I actually like Lake. I actually like Lake Placid. I um, do too. Go ahead. No, I, I was just thinking. I think this would be a really interesting question to talk to the um, to our friend uh, Sam from the uh, Cinematica Animalia podcast because he is a. If I'm remembering right, he is a freshwater ecologist who studies uh, invasive species. 
in like uh, in in bodies of fresh water. Now I I might be getting that wrong. And then Sam, I'm sorry, uh, Doctor Sam, uh, <laughs> because he did get his PhD. <laughs> it is so. it's yes, it is Doctor Sam because we had to correct it in the last issue of our magazine uh, yes. because we left off the doctor part. Yes, um, but uh, so he knows a lot about uh, freshwater stuff, uh, freshwater ecology and everything, but also on his podcast, Cinematic Animalia, and in an article that he wrote for a website, and I have to, I have to contact him and get, uh, find out where that uh, article was, because he wrote a really good article on a website that was some, he listed out some freshwater monster films because he he is one who has been campaigning uh for more freshwater monster films because there's not a lot of them a lot of monster like sea monster water monster creatures are saltwater they're in the oceans or they're in bodies of saltwater uh whereas you, you do have a few freshwater monster films and he like i said in that article he listed out a few of them and some of them were, seemed really interesting because they were ones i'd never heard of but uh i so i think he would be one to really talk to about this, uh, this subject. So next time he comes on the podcast, we got to remember to, uh, to, to ask him about this, what he thinks would be the perfect uh, great lakes kaiju. Yeah. Uh, I was just kind of did a quick, uh, quick Google search here of uh, Greek of great lakes cryptids. Mm-hmm. Um and I found uh, I found on the cryptid wiki because there's a wiki for everything apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, I found on the cryptid wiki uh, we have several that are known to be to are known to inhabit uh, the Great Lakes. Mainly, they're mainly serpents or like dinosaur type because there's one called Pressy, which mm-hmm. looks like a plesiosaur. Yes, uh, and then there's Bessie that looks also like a plesiosaur. But there's one here that's super. In- there's two actually that look here that are like super interesting. One is the underwater panther. Mm-hmm. Um, that looks horrifying. Uh, it's basically a cat. It's a cat with gills. It's it's cat. It's a cat. It's got feline features, but has fish scales, and it's it kind of reminds you. If the host, if the creature from the host had a cat face, like a literal like panther cat face, mm-hmm. that's what it would kind of look like. Um, there's also one here called the uh, Lake Erie Chomper, which just looks like a mutated piranha. Mm-hmm. Um, so either one of those, I think you could probably make. I think you could probably make a really interesting movie out of this. Like I said, this underwater panther looks horrifying. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at the same website that you're that you are looking at and looking at some of them. Yeah, and a lot of them are the the uh ones that like you said the serpents and stuff that we get. Um I think uh I mean you could even bring in some of the uh was it Lake Superior? Is it Lake Superior? Uh that never gives up its dead uh because there's so many um there's so many shipwrecks and stuff on Lake Superior and all of them are considered like underwater graves. And so you can't even go diving or, or anything near them. But on the clear days when the, when the water is good and still, you can actually see them. These, these just basically frozen in time type ships, like tying in something like that into a monster movie. Oh, would be cool. Uh, 
yeah so i think uh mark uh jurassic mark if you like this answer hopefully we gave you a good enough answer um but also if you want the next time we have sam perrin uh on our podcast and i do want to get dr sam dr sam sorry dr sam like dr phil dr sam no (laughs) um no uh (laughs) well uh the next time we get uh sam on and i do want to get him on again sometime soon uh if you want to tweet us something like this again to remind us i do want i would like to bring this subject up to him and also i need to find out what that article is that he wrote where he lists all of the uh freshwater monster films and uh because the, that was really interesting he pulled out like some dutch ones that i had never heard of they're like you know in dutch and well, there's uh, also uh there's also the crater lake monster if anyone's ever seen that i think that's a freshwater monster film i'm pretty sure yeah if we watch that one isn't that the one we watch for uh uh trash yes. mountain <laughs> yes it's, yeah, it's awful yes, it, it i love that movie i love that movie so much because it's so bad it's so awful it's <laughs> i love how because it's so they try to they they try to film uh they're filming in the daytime but they were supposed to put like an effect on it to make it look like nighttime but they never did so it's like all these people in broad daylight talking about the stars and how beautiful the night is and everything <laughs> yeah the stars look beautiful tonight especially that really <laughs> big bright one that's right there in the, the sky <laughs> it's so bad i love it i love it <laughs> Well, uh, we may, we'll have to do we'll have to do Crater Lake Monster on the show sometime. Oh yeah, just so we can laugh, just so we have, to, so we can have something to laugh at. It's on the list. Uh, thank you, Mark, for sending in, and uh, thank you for all of our listeners who are sending in uh, letters for us to read out. Please continue to do that because we would love to hear from you. Kaijuweekly at gmail.com or at kaijuweekly on Twitter. And so the only other thing to do this week is to ask the trivia question for next week's podcast. But we don't have a trivia question for next week's episode. And there's a very good reason for that. Yes, the very the very good reason is the very good reason is because next month we're doing listeners choice month. I know we did a couple of polls uh, for guilty pleasures. Yes. Uh, and it was just sort of the test the waters. To see, it was just kind of to test the waters to see if we could get a lot of people to participate. And we actually did get quite a bit of people to participate. So next month, uh, through the month of August, yeah, through the month of I was trying to remember what, what month we're in. Oh, boy, this year's gone by fast. Mm-hmm. Um, the month of August is going to be all listeners choice month. So we're going to be posting some polls uh, on our on our Twitter at Kaiju Weekly uh, at Twitter uh, Twitter.com slash Kaiju Weekly. Uh, and we're going to be posting some things. Uh, probably, we don't know if it's going to be four movies, four movies per poll or two movies per poll. If we're get, if Travis and I will talk about it mm-hmm. and try to narrow it down a little bit to see what we can come up with. But the one thing that I'm looking forward to is I think it's week two when we do uh, Left of Center month. Yes. When we do Left of Center, when we do a Left of Center film. And I've got some really great ideas for a left of center film. Uh, one of which is one of my favorite movies of all time uh, that I want to try to uh, lobby for. So yes. stay tuned for that. So that is the reason why we've not got a trivia question this week because Nick uh, starting uh, probably I'll post the poll uh, today is Sunday. So I'll try to get the poll up 
either Monday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis and I, will, you know, powwow, we'll kind of come up with some movies that we want to include. And we're not going to, we're not going to just do like Godzilla movies or Gamera movies. We're going to try to have a good mix of everything yes. uh, in this month. So yes. stay tuned for that. And we're looking forward to hearing, but I'm, I'm, we're looking forward to hearing back from all of our listeners. So instead of a trivia question, we're giving you a call to action. Go, because if we post it on Monday or Tuesday, that means that by the time you're listening to this, it's already up on our Twitter account. Uh, So go to our Twitter account, look for the poll, and vote on which movie you want us to cover for the first week of Listener's Choice Month. And we're going to do that. So looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, so that's going to do it for this week. So I'm going to say thank you to everyone for listening and sharing this podcast with your friends. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Kaiju Weekly. All the links to our social media, as well as for the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group, and also the new podcast that I have started as a spinoff podcast with our friend Nathan Marchand, uh, the Henshin Men. All of the links to that are down in the description below. You can also send questions, comments, or answers to our trivia questions to our email, kaijuweekly at gmail.com. We also want to say a big thank you to everyone who has supported Kaiju Ramen Magazine so far. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. Issue three is on its way. Um, uh, if you want to find out more about... It is on its way. Uh, if you want to find out more about the magazine, check out the website, kaijuramanmagazine.com. And if you want to help support this podcast and get some nice bonus content from time to time, you can check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash kaijuweeklypod. Yes. So, and also, uh, there's one more thing that they can do to support this podcast, and is by heading on over to Apple Podcasts and leaving us a five-star review. And we promise that we will read out that feedback on a future episode of the show, just like we're going to do now with, uh, uh, what is it, username uh, burnout underscore Luke. Uh, Luke writes... Listen every week, five stars, a great kaiju podcast with very likable hosts. My go-to source for kaiju news with excellent movie discussions to boot. Well, thank you, Luke. We appreciate that. And if you want to be cool like Luke uh, and leave us a five-star review, we will also read that feedback out on a future episode. And what that's going to do is that's going to put this show on, that's going to put this show in front of other kaiju, tokusatsu, and just giant monster films, uh, monster film fans in general just like you if you want to have a cool hand like luke go i was and trying not to make that joke <laughs> go to uh, to apple podcasts and give us a five star <laughs> oh man well that's gonna do it for this week so to close out this episode i'm gonna say help control the amugi population have your planks of wood spayed or neutered that is one spay and neutering that I can get behind. Yep. All you need is a chisel. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.